0: What's up, everybody? On this episode of the Boston Ski Party, we are joined by Tanner McCarty, the former team manager at Ride Snowboards. Tanner has been one of the most important behind-the-scenes guys in snowboarding for the better part of a decade, spending the majority of those years at Ride. We talk about how he went from working at Eastern Border, when he might have been too young to work at Eastern Border, to playing a huge role at one of the biggest brands in snowboarding. From there, we dive into his time at Ride. His first few years were all about trying to rekindle some of the brand's magic that had sort of been lost over the years. Tanner tells us about some of the decision-making that took place with him and his small crew to redirect the brand and what it was like to see those decisions pan out. Oh, well, and spoiler alert, guys, these results were kind of sick. Also, I must mention that the episode is incredibly special because it's the first sibling episode of the Boston Ski Party. Tanner is the younger brother of our very own Devin Scoville, the soft goods and accessories buyer here at TSM. So it only felt right that she sat in for this one. I mean, they're basically like the Kendall and Kylie Jenner of the ski industry. Enjoy the show. Holla.
1: Is what it is, man. It is what it is, man. It is what it is, man. It is what it is, man. It's cheap, too.
2: TheSkiMaster.com
0: I thought we were going to do this in the other room, and I'm just, like, all thrown off now. I was like, oh, this is going to be nice. We're going to have some natural light. It's going to be a nice Saturday morning at 9 a.m. And then. jackhammers. Yeah. C-c- construction. Construction. Sweet dude. you? Is this your first podcast? I
3: was telling them, I first guest speaking, but we kind of tried to run a podcast back in the day called Shooting the Shit, where we filmed each other. Not each other, film people take shits and interview them while they're on the toilet. That's incredible. I already used this joke, but it's dunk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, first, first time guest.
0: Did you have an easy bake oven as well, or did you have something else?
3: Oh, we were so dialed. We had mics in every corner of the bathroom, and we had uh, the red cam in there with a the
2: big fish eye for, you know. No. This
4: was like pre-iPhone. This was
0: like pre-Instagram. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, dude, so I have to ask you because Garrett is very concerned. He already brought it up and he was like, you have to ask Devin Tanner when they get here, who, whose haircut looks better? Is it Garrett's or is it Neil's? Cause they just oh, got fresh man, cut. Wow.
3: So Garrett's got the flow going, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. props for a new haircut flow. Hard mm-hmm. to pull off, but clean cut. I'm not sure how you guys looked before. So that <laughs> that's a, a little bit. I heard clean shaven. So you're running a beard through the holiday. Not a beard, but some, some scruff. scruff.
1: Some scruff. Mm-hmm.
3: Sorry, Neil. I got to get up to the flow.
2: I, got, I, mean, I mean, he's got I lettuce, I wish I could get dude. there myself. Well, I mean, I,
0: I miss getting haircuts. <laughs> Those days are beyond me. Yeah. I have to cut it myself now, like, once a week, and it's like a whole
1: thing. All right, I, well, now you can stay in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever runs Roadcaster has the best haircut.
0: So when it, you, you came in the day that uh, we were supposed to do this, right? On Thursday? Thursday afternoon. Okay.
3: Yeah, landed and was either, like, I'm heading straight to the shop. Or we're gonna find a place to sleep
0: tonight that doesn't have COVID. Nice, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we made it.
3: Um, so yeah,
0: is, it, is, it, is this your this your first time at Ski Monster?
3: No, I've come through once, or kind of right when you started working here um,
4: on my day off. Came without me.
0: Oh, and just like peruse around? Yeah. Oh. I walked in like creeping. Yeah, yeah.
4: I was not thrilled. <laughs> and
0: he
1: was well, just doing some recon yeah, for you, making yeah, sure you're in a good doing, spot. Right. It
3: was actually a business trip at the time. Yeah. yeah. Um. DJs were going, it was yeah. holiday season, it yeah. was like pumping, yeah. and I was like, holy shit, this is cool, because definitely spent my time cruising through shops throughout the country. Yeah, they all look like Ski Monster.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you guys got it going on, it's pretty cool.
0: <clears throat> the DJ time was was pretty rad. We did that on the on the weekends, like like you said, through the holiday time. And it was really, honestly, it was obviously for customer experience, but selfishly, it was more for us. Than it was for like other people. kept the
1: energy levels up, energy so high because
0: like this was pre appointment only, right? So like it was like you know floodgates at the door, so it kept our energy like super high. That like, all right, like we have so much talking to do today. Let's put our game faces on. But then like having a DJ like with live set like the whole day, you're you're just like you're in it. You know you're like thumping. It was great.
3: And if you guys are having fun, the staff's having fun. Customer's gonna feel it. That's like that is alive. All of a sudden, so yeah, if you're yeah chilling, and everyone's on their phones. Different vibe.
0: Way yeah. different. Way different vibe. <clears throat> and then once we transitioned <clears throat> to the full appointment, um, I think. <clears throat> excuse me. I think we we had them um, initially, right? That first year, if I remember correctly, but it it just it never got because we limited the flow of humans Mm -hmm. in the store. Like it it never got to that point of like no return of of craziness. It didn't didn't
1: match anymore. Like you have a DJ come in that's just like (laughs) volume a hundred super aggressive tracks. And there's like 20 people. As opposed to like what used to be 100. Yeah. And it was just like a mismatch. Yeah. It was a mismatch. And yeah. it was just
4: wearing a mask because it was yeah. like totally in the <coughs> right. middle of COVID. So it was just a little awkward.
1: <laughs> so it was, it was still fun to do it, but
0: it didn't match the energy as far as like the overall energy in the store because we just did such a better job of like pushing people all day. Totally. Versus like peak, you know, two or three hour peaks where like you needed to turn the volume up so you could like stay right, in the zone. Yep. Yep. Which, yep. Is, which is pretty oh, funny. And it
3: match the vibe. So. You adapted. We did, we <laughs> did. But
0: I, I honestly, I miss. I do miss the DJ Booth. Oh yeah, it well, was,
3: sick. It, was come sweet. Back.
0: it was. It was. We need to do it again. It, it, it was. It was sweet, especially like you know when we would just like rip it up like after work mm-hmm. or or before work or mostly after work, and it was just it was just fun to like just DJ in the store. Yeah, it was sweet.
1: With like. One of the better sound systems in Boston. Yeah, pretty much.
0: <laughs> Thanks to CJ. Thanks to Carl, yeah, Bre- Carl go. Jr. Uh, it, but yeah, George. it was all George's old DJ stuff, so he, he took it home, and he's got it set up in his basement, which I'm sure he messes around with all the time. But it's hard to, like, because the stuff is so expensive, I don't know if you ever looked into, like, DJ equipment, like, oh, actual, yeah. like, tech, like, the actual t- turntables, and, you know, a, like, a sick mixer. I mean the investment initial investment is high.
3: Yeah, I could imagine
0: it's high. And then you're like, so we're just going to get this so we can like drink some beers and mess around. Like this seems, <laughs> this doesn't seem responsible. This is not a responsible investment. Over it off. <laughs> yeah, Seriously. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm glad you came during the DJ. Yeah. W- were you rolling through solo or did you have, or was it, was it K2 people at the time?
3: No, I was solo, I think. Uh, and I think, yeah, I just landed and kind of had time to kill. So I cruised over to the shop and you weren't there. Yeah, Sweet. <laughs> but yeah, and it was. It was um, I don't know, kind of like um, my shop was like I used to when I flew in, I'd go straight to Eastern Border. Yeah, that's where I grew up working, and that's mm-hmm. where the homies were. And since that sh- uh, shop's shut down in Danvers, this is like now the one if I want to come and see what's going on in the New England area.
0: Yeah, the Eastern Border in in Nashua, because uh, we yeah that, that's a cool so I, so the. The new one I've only been into uh, one time and I, I don't really, really recall how, how the layout is. I was like, in and out for something really quick, but the old one uh, that was like above the post office yeah, in Nashua, yeah. that was a sick the store.
3: Stairwell up.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. Like you walked into the stairs and it was like this industrial staircase and like that like went, went up. Yep. Because no, I remember when I was working at Zermans at the time uh-huh. and I would, we would go to Eastern border cause I would buy shoes there. Yes, And, and I would, every time I'd go in there, I'd be like, man, this is like way cooler of <laughs> <have> a vibe.
2: <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs>
3: yeah. sweet. They, I mean, and they always have like cool archival stuff, even in the new one in Nashua, they have like dedicated wall space to having like old product or old posters or old, like anything team Rider related and yeah. stuff like that. And, um, it's like set up for yeah some some perusing other than product and I think that like sets a really cool vibe. It does um, for for a necessary like shop experience.
0: Yeah, and and maybe you can put your two cents in whether you agree or disagree, but like. A lot of skate shops in general or surf shops in general like have that like really cool feel like the perusing feel where it's like there's a lot of cool like weird things that like you wouldn't necessarily think about buying. But when you're in there, you're like, oh, this is pretty rad and doesn't come across on the winter sports side like at all.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, the rotation of product makes it hard. First of all, yeah, you guys go through a full season of product every year and then um, when there's a skate shop that. Uh, has, you know, skateboards on the wall year round and kind of the flow of product is just slightly different. Yeah. You have some kind of some zones that get nostalgic, if you will. But yeah. um, also, I mean, skate shops can like have a little crust factor that uh, it also is like has a soft spot in my heart, mm. like a beat up couch somewhere with an old VHS TV. And you're trying <laughs> to just cruise through the, the Super Nintendo. Through the t- yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I think that's like I remember we we stopped in this shop Lotties in LA and it's just one of the like most OG skate shops. Mm-hmm. And I walked in and there's three kids on the couch watching Happy Gilmore for the first time. And the owner of the <laughs> shop is like <laughs> quoting the movie as these three little kids are just like learning and I was like this is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I just take this in like I love it. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: You've been to the have you been to the Orchard skate shop yes. in Boston? Yes. With, with that little like well, mini mini spot. oh dude like their nest pipe. These guys are awesome is it, I, that thing is still set up right yeah yeah is it is
3: it is i i always wondered like that's the dream right having the ramp in the shop for it was, those it, guys. and
0: those and they how it's set up is, is mm, really pretty beautiful. sick it's yeah. really sick they had like a little like maybe like a second it was a maybe a second or third store or whatever but it was it was in the north end it was like, right in commercial street it's like right where mm-hmm. i live it was only there for a couple of years and they had it you know during right when they're opening the skate park um under the yep. under the the bridge yep Yep. So it was like a closer place for kids to go and like get their stuff totally. set up or buy shoes or whatever. And it was nice cuz it was like right outside my apartment so like I bought a bunch of shoes there, which is perfect so like bought them on my way home from work, which is like awesome. really good Yeah, stuff. it was awesome. Um but like to get to get over, I know this sounds really weird, but people that in Boston would understand, but to go to their store in Austin is like, I might as well just go to Western Massachusetts. That, yeah, <laughs> I get it. It's, it's, it's like an all day thing to get over there and then like depart and like find, you're like, uh, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to skip it. So you and unless it. you're all the way over there anyways.
3: Right, but that's why you're strategically placed on either side of the city. Right? That's, that's also true.
0: <laughs> it's very true. No, that's funny. Well, did you guys ever think you'd be doing a podcast together?
4: Oh my God, no. This is like still kind of <laughs> surreal. <laughs> we never thought we'd work together and we've ended up working together like a lot in the last 10 years, which is...
0: Seriously. Crazy. I mean, did you get into the, the ski business because your brother was in the ski business or how did that Older work?
4: Older and no. but didn't he get? But didn't he get into it first? Technically, he's started well, right. at EB, I think before you were legally allowed to work at EB, but... True. Yeah. Okay. We've yeah, been like it starts there. circling each other in weird ways. So like you know, our first, my first job was at a country club and like when he turned 14, he started there Yeah, and we stayed way too long. And then, uh, he started working at EB at a snowboard shop. And 20 years later I started working at a ski shop. <laughs> and,
3: like <laughs> I gotta, even the yeah. rep years, like we run into each other on the road or trade shows or yeah. like she I mean, it just, it always happens that way. And, yeah. and, and cause the industry, like everything happens in select locations. So We'd run into each other and it was pretty sick because we'd each get a free meal out of it somehow. Oh, <laughs> de- oh definitely. <laughs> yeah. we were, <clears throat> a good
4: one. We yeah, really each good. Other last month in, in Venice Beach, like I flew out for a meeting with Black Crows and you were there for a photo shoot. And ten thirty at night, we finally got to meet that's, up. That's now. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And that's that was it. Well, what
0: What were you doing for a photo shoot?
4: That one,
3: um, I was actually helping uh, a couple friends of mine have this really cool agency called Homestead, and they um, were working with Specialized mountain bikes. Okay, so we were shooting up there a um, couple studio days, a couple days out, and some trails with like the Specialized uh, bike team.
0: Okay, very cool. Very cool.
3: Yeah, my first time in that world of like being around pro bikers. Wow, mm-hmm. like you watch like
0: they're 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 psychos.
3: Psycho. Mm-hmm. and so much control so much like um we've all ridden bikes we all know that feeling but how much faster they go and like just the comfort yeah. level so it was really cool um yeah and and everyone had like a really cool personality and a lot to like offer so it was it was super
0: fun yeah i mean it's it's one thing you know we we do the ski thing obviously right and we we all ski all these awesome places and like you know we ski with pro skiers and you know they're they're leagues better than me. I would never I'm never gonna be that good. And that and it's awesome to watch them. Yeah. Um but like what's different a little in skiing is like they can take it up a level for sure. And I can't would ever be able to do that. But like when we're skiing together, like I can ski with Hold them on. to a certain degree. Yeah. But when you go with people who know how to like who can mountain bike like that, like you you can't even ride close to them. No. Like it's like the the jump is insane yeah like yeah. even like we ride with like neil's actually a really good ride he's probably the best out of all the ski monster guys but even like when we ride and we go with like Donzi and rick and those guys and they the guys they ride with and they're not even close to being pro sorry chris if you're listening <laughs> but 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 they're like you can't hang with uh, them. they're on another level yeah, you know and it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. you you see a feature when you're riding like when you're just like with your buddies in the woods or at like a bike park and you're like there's no way anyone yeah. can do that. And then you watch someone do it and you're someone like, oh my god. First, first <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're like, oh that's how you do it. Yeah. But you're like I, I still like now that I've watched it, it's possible, but there's no way that my brain can like connect like the risk reward factor of like going over that rock. <laughs> it's wild. You,
3: man, I and I, I think people would argue like if they jump on skis or a snowboard for the first time and watch anyone you know, do a lap through a standard park. Yeah, you'd be like, I'm not going near that jump. Like, mm-hmm. well, I won't even roll over the landing. But uh, you spend enough time, you crash enough, and whatever, get comfortable, and it, it's all relative out at some point in the day. But I think the mountain bike thing is like, it's progressing so fast, and it just people are going bigger. And you ever watch the Red Bull Rampage?
1: Oh yeah, That's insane. Psycho. So yeah. Like, yeah,
3: there's there's some yeah, there's some shit happening.
0: Have you have you been to Highland here? Yes. Okay.
3: I mean, I haven't ridden bikes there. We kind of grew up low key. Our parents would party there in okay. the summers. <laughs> nice. It was sick. And so we were just kind of like, before they actually shut down as a ski resort. No, yeah,
4: I think, it, I think it was shut it down. It was shut down. Yeah. That's why we were probably able to go yeah. there.
3: Um, but yeah, I mean, I've seen all the footage. It's so cool that they're building that and and creating kind of availability, especially on the East Coast, because I know the West Coast has been kind of like running it up for a while, like yeah. having like really bike, like real bike parks with real jumps. And then um, I have homies that will come back east to visit family, and they're like, oh, East Coast is now, like, the new bike destination. Like, it's going to be, like.
0: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> when you, Highland, <clears throat> excuse me, geez. I mean, Highland is is gnarly. And, like, even for someone who's an incredibly amateur biker, and I'll never be more than amateur, but, like, their progression park, just to, to go what you were saying, like, the first time I was there, like, you know, there's, like, three drops, and, in in, in, like, it's very baby. But, like, the, the highest of the baby drops, when you get there, you're like, there's no way I'm going off that. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, like you're, you're going off it and you're like, Oh, that's, that's not that bad. Yeah. But it's like, cause it, they, it's like a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's like a little baby one. And then like a medium baby one yeah. and then a large baby one. Yeah. And then like, so like you start <laughs> with the mini baby one and you're like, Oh, that's not that bad. And then you like eventually like work your way up and then it, it like instills confidence. And in you're like, when you're on the trail, you're like, Oh, I can hit that. Cause it, that's actually smaller than like the progression park. But that aside, when you're actually there, you get to see, like, these, like, world-class trails and, like, these people hitting these, like, massive, massive drops or these massive jumps, like, a, like without skipping a beat. Like, they're not even thinking about not it. Not even thinking. And you're just, like, this is just, this is a next-level situation yep. for sport. Yeah.
4: Alternatively, every time Eric and I bike together, we have a strategy now, which is the first bailout zone we take oh, and yeah. we go get margaritas.
0: <laughs> yeah, margaritas. <laughs> They're like, oh, you guys want to do another <laughs> lab? We're like, oh yeah, we'll meet you guys at yeah, the bottom. <laughs> and then I'm just like Googling like margarita spot. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Dev <Denver>, are like, <laughs> see ya. Daiquiri's.
3: All of a sudden Eric's, Eric's like, I think
0: I'm ready for the big line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go back. We're going back. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, so what was, so shooting that, were you shooting action shots or were you just, was it just like shooting product?
2: Yeah, it
3: was a mix of both. Um. We shot uh, a couple of days in, like, a studio there to, like, get some kind of cool close-up product stuff. And then we went out into um, kind of, like, the Topanga zone and, and shot some trails and, and, like, built up some berms, built out a few of the jumps. There'll be, like, a, a jump out there kind of, like, it's kind of crusted over, wind scoured, kind yeah. of just like in skiing or snowboarding. And so we, like, pimp them out, make them look good, shot those, and, and then mash it all together. Awesome. Out.
0: It, so are those trails there like year round or cause I mean, how far from Venice beach is it?
3: Uh, yeah, the, I mean, we are driving an hour, an hour and a half each day out there. So okay. they're out there and, and it's kind of like a speakeasy thing. Like it's, um, a lot of trails like that are on some like either private property or just like property that you just don't really, it's like gray area, you know? Um, I think there's a plenty of spaces that like have dedicated bike zones, but, um, yeah, I'm sure, like, there's, like, this kind of speakeasy aspect to mountain biking that keeps it pretty cool, and you got to know how to get there, or get invited, or whatever, which I think is cool. I that's, think it, it's that is important cool. that it exists.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I I missed that trip equally. I, I don't know if oh, yeah, I had COVID, still- but I was definitely down and out. Like, the day before, I was like, I'm supposed to get on an airplane to go to, like, Los Angeles uh, tomorrow. Was- I'm like, yeah, I'm not going. I'm not going, but it sounded like it was it was a good time, and it wasn't a nice little
3: switch up. I mean, yeah, it was raining in Portland for like two months before that, so I needed it.
0: Yeah, anytime you can go to sunny California, I mean, you don't try you try not to pass that up. Yeah, I mean, Max. every single time, so <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so yeah, dude. Well, honestly, like I know we just like riffed for a while, jeez. But that, stoked that you're here. Likewise. Thanks for 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 doing this. Yeah. Uh, so awesome. we, I know Neil was out out there when during the movie premiere, <clears throat> and we can talk a little about that and sure. your kind of your role in that because yeah. it was really good. Awesome. I know we talked to to T Bird about it, mm-hmm. um, but the movie is like I it, mean it, it's like Netflix documentary quality
1: movie. Super pro. Yeah.
0: Real <laughs> pro movie, man. Um and, and just like how they went through the whole history of of the of the brand was of, of the ride Summer brand was was really rad. Um there's a lot of little tidbits in there that are that are fun. Mm-hmm. But like one thing because I I literally just watched it again, so it's kind of fresh in my head. But like I, for people that are listening, I don't know. You probably don't know this, but ride right at one point, well maybe you do. Some people will, will some people won't, but ride right at one point went public. Yeah. So, when they initially put in all this work and they went to the trade show and they I think they booked like 6 million dollars worth of business and then they had to essentially build this stuff and they couldn't get anyone to 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 give them any money. There was there was no money coming from anywhere, and so they're like, "Okay, shit, like we have to take the company public." And, and in the movie, which is really funny, like they interview, like certain people that worked there that had shares and athletes that had shares. And they're like, all right, so we're taking the company public. The IPO is going to happen. And then everyone's like, what does that, what does that mean? mean, (laughs) What's an IPO? You know? (laughs) And then they're like, well, you have a hundred thousand shares and the share price is now $35. So, and they're like, I don't, I don't understand. (laughs)
3: You're you're allotting shares to 22 year olds that are focused on filming video parts solely. That's their life is finding snow finding rails, finding jumps, and filming. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, yeah, this this new kind of business uh, acquisition goes down and all. It changed. I mean, everyone, I bet even internally, it was like something hard to comprehend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was fun to see everyone's reactions and how that all went down. And then um, who held, who sold, all those. Like, there's there's some depth that, yeah, like, it's it's a touchy subject for some probably because you know some made out made it out better than others and, right um it but yeah definitely an interesting one and and it was so long ago too that like um, cuz when i was working there it was publicly traded company mm-hmm. but then or part of a publicly traded company and then it's sold to another private group so the yeah natural naturally that like brand went through these phases of just ownership and it was just through this rig- rigorous cycle of ownership and yeah it was fun to try and create that storyline um yeah and make it comprehensible as well
0: yeah i mean so before we get into like what you did there h- yeah. how did you end up at ride because I mean, you, you obviously went right eb and yeah. then so how did how did you end up at ride snow yeah
3: so i mean eastern border was the first step and it was um volunteering at a uh, tent sale yeah and August and I was just like yo dudes like I was the shop kid I was in there every week just my mom would drop me off and I would just geek out on all the gear and I was like I need to work here and they're like you're too young I was like 13 mm-hmm. I was like let me just volunteer on tent sale day I was like they're like yeah sure so I show up start bringing all the boxes into the parking lot we sold like all of last year's product at discount and then it was kind of dead and they're like dress up in outerwear and go stand on the side of 114 and make it look like you know, people need to stop by. Like, sure, things. I put on this whole, like, brand new kit. And I'm just <laughs> jumping on the side of 114, holding snowboards, doing tail blocks. And it's, like, 89 degrees oh, yeah. outside. <laughs> and I drenched sweat through this, like, brand new outerwear kit go home that day and they're like, well, we can't pay you, but you've totally ruined this outerwear. So just take that as your payment.
0: <laughs> you're probably stoked, dude. Oh, dear. you're like,
3: best yes! day of my life. <laughs> the best sweat I ever got. And then, uh, and then, yeah, I ended up like getting a gig there, which was, I mean, game changer. It was also funny because I was too young and they're like, you have to get some paperwork signed at your school to be able to work this young. It's like, cool. So I go see a guidance counselor and I'm like, great. Congratulations. Just can't operate heavy machinery, but you're good. And then the first day I go in there, they're like, so this is a base grinder. And this is where you're going to spend <laughs> 60% of your time tuning boards. I was like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> through the base grinder. So, uh, no, those guys were too good to me. And um, that's, it opened up all the opportunities. I feel like from the very get-go, because you just start meeting people, you know, mm-hmm. whether reps come through, brands come through. Um, it was like super duper special with kind of starting to create that network of friends and
0: like family and. Um, and what, what year was that roughly years 2004. Okay.
3: Yeah. Three, four is when it started and I worked there all the way up until college. And then every time I'd come home for holiday break, just jump right back in the shop. Yeah. Didn't know the new POS system, just started trying to sell snowboards. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, um, yeah, from there, like, uh, the next career move would be summers at high cascade. And 100% got the job because of working at Eastern Border. It's like, there's like this, like, network of homies that just takes care of each other, you know, in the snowboard industry as a whole. But especially Eastern Border, there's like this this whole clique of people who would make their way out to Oregon in the summers and teach or coach at High Cascade, dig. And um, I worked at the demo center there. So pretty sick situation for me, again, because I knew the product. I got yeah. to, like basically run a free snowboard shop with yeah. all next year's gear. Yeah. So kids would just come <laughs> in, and they're like, I want to try a snowboard. Like, Great. Like, pick any board out you want. Board boot binding will set you all up. And and then, like, uh, all of the brands would come through, too, because it's kind of like the hub for snowboarding in the right. summer is, like, government camp. So again, just like continuously meeting people, going out to bars, meeting like all these industry folk. And then I would actually cook up a report every week for what product got demoed. So I started like making these Excel kind of pretty dense Excel reports. And I think that's fully how I got the job at Ride. So it's just like continuously snowballed um, until today still. I feel like every, every move... Gets yeah. You into the next what was
0: what was the top what was your, was the top demoed board,
3: dude? At the time, um, so the Solomon Salamander was one hundred percent because it was like when Jed Anderson, Chris Grenier were had that shared pro model, and yep. kids were eating it up. Like there was like a rush to get in the shop when as soon as the bus dropped him off from the airport, they'd run in and try and get a board. It was like nothing I'd ever seen before. Um, Thirty two had a minute with boots there. Um, Again, because those dudes had pro models. Like, it was, the influence was real.
0: Wasn't that like the start of the Crab Grab era? Definitely. Yeah.
3: And that was like, when I first started at a camp, Preston Strout ran the camp, and he is the founder of Crab Grab. Mm -hmm. And he, like, I was thinking about, like, how much just respect he earned from every single person, whether it was a camper, a pro visiting a brand, and then when he departed camp, like, there was, like, this missing link. But then he shows up with this new brand, Crab Grab. And is just, like, lurking around town, like, <laughs> launching this brand. And everyone is just so happy he's there. And then, yeah, Crab Grab pops open. And, like,
0: uh, we just started f- slapping stomp pads on yeah, every like how, did that, like, how did that even ha- So you were the reason that Crab Grab <laughs> no, happened. No, 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 <laughs> no, not, no. Not you. I'm saying that, like, in that time. Like, oh, cause all the kids would go there and you just, be Dude, stu- no, well, so it Preston- was like, it would, they would leave and be like, well, I need to have that on my board. I mean, Preston knew that that's where everything
3: starts Yeah, and if you're going to launch a brand. So he just posted up there for the whole summer, rented a house on his own. And then actually it was funny cause at the time he didn't, some of the production wasn't getting done overseas. So we would go over to his house at night and put adhesives on the back of board barf. And he would just <laughs> <I'm not laughs> buy a case of beer, or like make us burritos, and we'd just sit there and put three three or yeah three M adhesives on the back, and just like he'd walk us through this whole process, and and yeah, it was pretty pretty cool. And then the uh, the dude that was working with me, Andrew Kelly, um, at the demo center, went on to kind of like follow Preston and now he's been the director of sales for crab grab ever since. So like wild. a magical story.
0: It, so no, wild. it is. Cause I, I, I worked at a ski and sober shop at the time too. And it literally went from like not existing, like who wants a stomp pad? Right. And then all of a sudden, like overnight it was like, everyone was talking about like crab grab. I remember being like, what the fuck is
1: crab? grab?" Well, and half of them <laughs> it was because weren't you guys even just... where a stomp pad would normally go. They're just like, no, there's just around. there's like, the, like all over the place. Like that cell completely worked. Like and kids
0: were just walking. Like you have any crab grab. I'm like, what is that? dude? be Why are you asking for that?
1: That had less top sheet. Than
0: crab
3: <laughs> <grab on>. <laughs> <laughs> really sick. Well, and then, I mean, yeah, the, all the cameras were on the Hill and, and Preston was buddies with every single person. So everyone had grab grab on and, Awesome. And grabs extra long. And then they did yeah. the um, grab directories. I think, yeah. So they filmed how to do each grab. And no one had actually done that yet. And yeah. like, filmed a slow motion of every grab and like created yeah. this directory. And I was just, that dude is like
0: brilliant. It was genius. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it was, it was nothing, that overnight kids were like literally in like the small little store, in Nashville Hammer, every single kid came in and asked for crab grabs. Straight up. And you're like, what is happening? So cool. Wait, we're re-
1: crab grabs? Stomp pads or grips for grabbing? Both. Both. Great question. I always question. thought there were grips for grabbing.
3: Both. Yeah, or on or just. Lap. I have one on my laptop because you just grab your
2: laptop. <laughs> yeah. You won't
0: no slip.
4: The, the phone case thing was like real hot for a minute there. Maybe he will stop missing grabs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll get we'll get Garrett some crab grabs for his first. Get his some mini claws and,
3: and throw them on your nose. You'll never slip again.
0: <laughs> Bergwood's like that. He call, he calls you over for missing grabs all the time, dude. Bergwitz
1: calls me out. yeah
0: Yeah, so that was that was really funny and it's kind of like i'm glad you i didn't know that story and i just thought it was one of those weird things and as you were talking i was like so this 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 is it this is the this is the (laughs) birth of the the grab dude (laughs) so crab grab happens and then you're making excel sheets and then then what
3: uh so um yeah basically go out i finished school um here senior year of college and i'm like Don't have a job lined up yet. I do have the summer gig in High Cascade, so I'm like, I'm going to drive out to High Cascade with everything and stay. I'll figure it out. It's either Portland, Seattle, or Southern California is where the industry was, snowboard industry. So um, I finish up my uh, summer at High Cascade, do some crowd, or (laughs) crowdsourcing. Yeah, a little bit of that (laughs) too, but couch surfing. (laughs) um, And I end up, at Summit Snoqualmie as the marketing coordinator, thanks to a uh, good friend, Deb Moore. Shout out, Deb. <laughs> and yeah, basically did like mountain marketing for th- three to four months. Never opened. Bad snow year.
1: I'm just sitting there like,
3: oh my God. <laughs> Driving like an hour. Plus marketing the a, a mountain never opened. And <laughs> it, it was like rolling up on like Christmas. the holiday. And I was just like, Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> they don't blow snow in on in Washington. Oh you just have to wait for it to snow. And um at that same time, AK Andrew Kelly, who's crab grab homie, is like a K2 sales rep in the mid-Atlantic, and he's like, "Hey, we have a sales meeting in Seattle. What are you doing?" I was like, "I'm here, I'm chilling. <laughs> Looking he's at like, grass, come <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> up. Like, come cr- come, come hang. I'm like, Trying
2: at the sales meeting. Right yeah,
3: we're <laughs> trying to sell tickets to yeah, watch grass grow. I go to the sales meeting and just lurk a sales meeting, like straight up, just trying to like schmooze a little bit, meet a few people, but, you know, it's a party or whatever. And then um, inevitably run into the brand new brand director at Ride, Sean Tidor. And he had been at Capita before that, and I was sending all of my demo reports from High Cascade straight to him. Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of like getting these, <coughs> he, he saw my like, that's ethic and uh, just capabilities while I was at High Cascade. Mm-hmm. So um, he gets into this role, gets in touch with me. They're basically a just cleaned house. They had, as you know, via the video, um, it was kind of the end of era two yeah. and uh, they had kind of cleaned out upper management and we're rebuilding the internal team at, at, ride. So it's like, I need a marketing guy, team manager person. We're not quite sure what it is yet, but if, if you want to come in and interview. And so I went in for the interview and, uh, quits. No, call me like pretty much <laughs> immediately. <Really? laughs> and I was sad cause there's a good crew there, but that was like the dream gig. That was like, yeah. I had tried everything up until that point to be the team manager. That was like my dream role. Yeah. So yeah. Um, got in, and got to work. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: So what, what does that entail, team manager? Like, like what, what, what is a day-to-day team Dude. manager? Like, like, well, like, what, happ- like what do you the, do?
3: Here's the catch is at, up until that point, there was a dedicated team manager at all the big brands who lived a pretty lavish life, like okay. life on the road, just making sure, like, they filmed, got to events, got to contests, endless budgets. They called them the credit card because they just got to travel the world and, and yeah. swipe, And then I got there, and granted, like, I was ready to just continue packing boxes. I was just excited to be at a brand, and that's what I did. I packed boxes. But at the same time, there's, like, a level of um, coordination and just communication that needs to happen with a team to, like, have them be a part of a brand, because otherwise they're just a roster of athletes that you send a box to, and that's that. And the whole, like, my whole pitch when I interviewed that ride was this Team at one point was a like a family, and that's how it started. And maybe you saw that in the yeah, video. Yeah, I did. In the era one, it was like everyone was best of friends. They traveled together, they lived together, they struggled together, they prospered together. Mm-hmm. And Tidor and I were like, "Let's get it back to the day, like the golden days." Yeah. So yeah, that um. The other and what what year was this? This was uh, twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Yeah, twenty fourteen. Okay. So. And the other thing he said was, like, it's going to take three years from anything we do to be felt. So just hang tough. Yeah. Because the first three year, first two years were really tough. It was, like, making some cuts, like, which is the worst. You yeah. know, like, but you have to free up space. You have to f- rebuild this um, this team. And that was kind of one of the first steps. But then, like, even down to, like, talking through product and changing all the graphics yeah. drastically changed that year too. So just communicating this shift and if the graphics were working for like a sales rep in a territory and you're all of a sudden like lime green was popping and then you're like, yo, everything's black next year. They're like, what the fuck?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I remember that, you know, ride went through like a significant day glow period and mm-hmm. it, it, it didn't last us a couple of years. It, it was like, it was like a, a an era of like ride day glow straight up, straight up. And I, it was like anything. It was like the kink, the, the even the machete, the DH. Like it was like DH two. It was just like gnarly graphics, all kinds of colors. For me, I I, I like it because I'm a colorful guy. But it, the whole the whole line was just like wild, and it it was it was it was really sweet. But then obviously you know it gets away from like kind of a core consumer, and like yeah. I, that's why I actually I wanted like a time stamp on it so yeah. I kind of knew where you were and literally like you said 2013 14 it was a pretty dramatic shift
3: huge huge and um yeah I mean well there was a time where the Dago stuff was it that was like but those times come to an end it's, right. this, we're in a cycle nothing stays the same so yeah um, 2014 2015 and then um the designers were like a huge part of this too because that all shifted as well and the designers we had were just like so dialed and just new kind of like look to the future a lot more instead of looking at what's working today and listening to feedback about what's happening on the floor. Like let's think about like we're designing, we're if a designer sits down and says, I'm going to make a board graphic, they're often doing it two plus years in advance. Yeah. So a lot can change and you definitely don't want to like be too persuaded by your habits. Yeah. You got to step out. So yeah, our, our crew like internally got very tight and like because we're like, we're in this together. If it fails, we're going down together. but if it works, we did this together. So uh, we had this like really sick um, at one point it felt like five people. it was always around 13 with engineers, customer service, yeah. but like the like ride, marketing, design and even product group was so small and we were just like we gr- just grind all day together. Come up with ideas. It's like, yo, this is working. Let's get dinner and keep rapping and like turn into a party and then be hungover together the next day. Like, we got this. Sounds like Ski Monster. As it should should be. That's where the magic happens. And it's like, it doesn't look good on paper. It never does. (laughs) Accounting was like, what? Is this barbell? bar bill? Like, Uh, no, that's the whole catalog concept though. You can write that one up.
0: So, so who kind of, I mean, because that, that's a big shift, right? I mean, knowing what the brand, the direction of the brand at the time looked like, yep. you know, the, the consumer that, that, that day glow type of feel is cha- is speaking to chasing. And then it's like, Hey guys, like this maybe isn't the direction we want to take this. Um, like who leads that conversation? Like, how, like, how does that happen? Like, cause you obviously have to, that has to be talked to the powers that be. It's like, Hey, we're getting rid of the green and orange and or we're going gray and black. Yeah. Like, like, how does that, how does, how do you shift the narrative so quickly?
3: I would say that, um, prior to Sean Tidor there, the market share was slipping and that's when upper management's like, we need a change. We yeah. don't know what that change is. We need to hire people that do know what that change is. So they got him inside him on board. And then it was like, dude, he had the vision yeah. like straight up. He was like, this is what it can be. And whether like a vision is cool because it, can adapt it can like bleed a little bit it can like allow others to implement but he also knew like i mean by hiring myself by hiring big jim he basically hired big jim as a director of sales too um he put lauren oka in charge of design he kind of knew like these are the styles that will get it there these are like the work ethics that we need to get it there and then with the team stuff he and i like sat down at the very beginning and he had like his opinions I had mine. He, we had, like, trusted each other there, too, which was just so important. Because yeah. if anyone's got too big of a head, it won't work. Mm-hmm. You just pigeonhole yourself. So, yeah, dude, it was t And then um, the follow-through is also what it's all about, right? Because, yeah. like, as you know in the video, another D-Day happens, and they're just there's, like, this day where I don't know the percentage of people, but just, uh, the I don't know about 20% of the building gets cut one day and yeah. you just walk in. You're like, Oh my God. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> he, uh, was walked out and then they came to me and <clears throat> big Jim and I, and they're like, Hey, this is your show. Now don't fuck up.
0: That that feels good. Yeah. <laughs> right.
2: oh, really good. No, just, uh, it's just rule. Number one, yeah. just don't just, just don't fuck no, it. Like, no, you God.
0: do whatever you want, but just don't fuck it up.
3: Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, We, started, we just try to,
0: Keep it going. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a definitely it was it was a, it was a, a noticeable energy shift from anyone that worked in in the ski sure. business that dealt with ride, yeah, sure. um, and in a good way, in a great way, to be honest with you, because <clears throat> that whole era of clothing kind of changed too, because it was like a lot of the day glow with the <clears throat> with full everything accessory, and it kind of shifted. Yep. And then to see the shift, like from from, we'll use ride as an example, obviously it was it was like a good indication of where the market was going mm-hmm. and you guys got ahead of it which was which was awesome. Um, I remember Chris Barnes uh, our our ride rep and uh, the first meeting that we had when he got like you know the newer the direction of the brand and he had like his samples or whatever and you obviously know Chris Barnes yeah and he was literally like oh, I can't believe like they got like skulls on it now dude you know I'm like it's like and I'm like <laughs> I'm like okay he's like yeah like he's like, so, like I'm just like stoked it's like it's more like it's more like my speed you know like look at it. it's like black and like this one has dark a, a dead wolf on <laughs> yeah, it yeah. <laughs> with a knife and I'm like sweet dude he's like yeah and then I was like. Have a great day, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> See,
3: that's was energy we're talking about, though. You felt that energy. I know it.
0: But no, it, but it was good because it, it, it was it, it it looked really good and clean, and it was a good story. Uh, and even now, I mean, you're Neil. Neil is sitting here with us, and he's the Arsenal board buyer, and it's similar direction.
1: Well, yeah, it still holds up, and yeah. like even seeing like next year's stuff, like it obviously evolves a little bit over time, but mm-hmm. like the general vibe is still there. And it's going to continue to change, but it it was the right direction, obviously.
0: Mm-hmm. No, when back to the team manager thing, because I am curious. Yeah. So when you are on the road with these guys, mm-hmm. <clears throat> right? Yeah, and I've always been curious about this, and I'll speak for them too because I am sure they are too. But like, we like to ski and snowboard, obviously. Yeah. But like, what's it like? Essentially, you know, like, is it cool to be like? I just want to go snowboarding and I can't be that so I can be this or is it annoying the sense of like now you're like the dad and so you can't really do that how does it how are the dynamics with that in that role
3: the key is finding happy medium in all of this because I too am like I just want to go snowboarding right like always and that if if I didn't then I would be much I probably could have like I don't know if I found a skill set in photography or something I could like Ju- justify standing there because the photographers, dude, they have to, they stand in the same spot for so long until someone lands this trick. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, like everyone else is kind of like, either someone's sessioning the jump or whatever, or maybe the other guys are taking laps to stay warm or whatever. But yeah, it's it's a mixture of like babysitting and making sure making sure everyone's on, like getting places is mm-hmm. the m- main thing, just getting in the car and driving, making sure everyone gets in the van. But um, like herding sheep, essentially, sheep right? Because we go to like, you know, Hakuba, Japan, and it's up to your chin, and we're just like, the lifts are turning right here, but the jump spots over here, and we're right. hiking up and up this like pretty s- steep pitch, and just gonna, I might get one running that day. Right. And I, the other times I'm gonna be carrying a tripod and all this stuff, but beats pushing your keyboard around all day, you know, like for, for what it's worth on that same time. So it's a, it's a, it's a mix, man. Like, cause um, I definitely, I think like I was always joking. I spent more days in my snowboard boots than ever before at that job, but not necessarily taking runs. Right. And I think there's something to be said about that. Like if, um, cause even pro snowboarders will say like, Oh, I, if I stop pro snowboarding, I'll snowboard so much more. Right. Because when you're doing it, when you're creating content and you guys do this, like, it takes a while to get that photo, and you're yeah, tedious. waiting, making sure like the conditions are right. Everyone's set up, photogs good, videos good. Oh, I like slipped out a little bit. Got to hike up and do it again. Cloud when, came through. You know, Cloud <coughs> like, came through. So, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a tedious pro- process for sure.
0: when you get the shot, it's it, I mean, it Glorious. feels good. Yeah, it feels good. I mean, uh, so there was one really cool photo. that I, I think I said it to 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 T Bird that it's like you were holed up in a hotel and like this shot was yeah. like through the window, like down into like a, like a looked like kind of like a park or something. And he was like, yo, ask Tanner about that because I think you were holed up there. Were you not?
3: So I didn't go on the trip. Oh yeah. I pulled out of that and they're basically, like, we're going to, we're going to go, um, uh, St. John's Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia. And I was like, great. Like, you guys are getting a storm. This is gonna be awesome. I can't make it. He's like, cool. And then this storm of the century rolls in, as he told on, on the on the podcast. Yeah. Like, they get holed up at the hotel, and he's like, we're losing our minds. Like, like, what do I do? And I was like, dude, anything you need to do to just stay sane, like, here's my credit card. Just do what you gotta do. And I just went up into the office set of right, and I was like, your Yo, whole squad is stuck in a city with no fights out for like two weeks. Expect that bill, <laughs> and, but the other approve person, the overages. <laughs> yeah, straight up. And it was funny because he's like, like, I get like a photo one night at eleven o'clock, and it's T Bird and Reese Smith with a receipt like this long, and they're just like,
2: and I'm like, uh oh, oh,
3: well, Nova Scotia beers are like two bucks, yeah. So it was yeah. very chill. And uh, yeah, um, I never really got stuck anywhere but it happens i mean when you're chasing storms throughout the world um i mean i like we had a whole squad in russia right up until the day COVID hit and they're like this is great no one's like no one's bothering us the streets are empty like we could stay here forever and i was like get home Mm -hmm. like this is not gonna work out in our favor get to the eu as fast as you can straight up um <laughs> and the same thing happened to us we were in montana right up until covid on this kind of like longer trip and we were at whitefish and the mountain shut down and all the dudes I was with were like yo all the rails at the lodge are like, go let's stay here and I was like no you're going home <laughs> <laughs> to like a safe quarantine I guess yeah <laughs> so.
0: i've i've been lucky in my travels um knock on wood Shit. That, <laughs> that i have I haven't I haven't gotten stuck um which has been or or had well, there's been some times where we've gotten creative. George and I've had some issues, like, yeah,
1: you know, bad, catching plane, bad travel. Bad travel but
0: like, but you guys got s- kind of screwed last year.
1: Last year, yeah, that one stunk. Flights got canceled coming home from Colorado, and we had to like, you like take to, you like dude, take a we, train? we flew, uh, Denver to Detroit, Detroit to Philly, and then took a train from Philly to Boston. <laughs> it was brutal. That's brutal. <laughs> That's the piss. It's The only way home. Oh. Yeah, I mean, how how many hours is it? I I think that was like a 24-hour yeah. travel day. Yeah. Sleeping in the airport's not fun. It's just the worst. <laughs> huh? Awful. Well, you, you
0: feel so helpless. Yeah. You're yeah. you're like literally like there's nothing that you're I can cold, do. And you're just there. Vending machines and, you're and just, that's it. Yeah. You're just like eating, you know, random bags <laughs> of chips and being yeah, like, dude. Fucking awful. So
3: <laughs> it's pretty cool to see the people who don't get pissed off in that situation. There's a few people like who I've over the years just learned to go with the flow yeah and I'm not that person I was always like what is happening next yeah and if you know someone pulls out like a pad of paper and starts drawing and they have six hours and they have like they're perfectly content just in <laughs> you're like, like what are you in doing
0: <laughs> we're this is like, a dangerous I'm situation
3: like,
0: <laughs> we'll drive we'll just get a rental car and drive home I don't care <laughs> They're nah, just man. drawing. <laughs> just chill. But they have the colored pencils. So yeah. you are like, well, you should get those. <laughs> Honestly.
3: And then guess what? We turned it into the next ride board graphic. So it all works. That's out. awesome.
0: <laughs> well, that's, 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 that's interesting. Uh, so, cause I wanted to ask you about graphics. So like yeah. with that shifting, we talked about the narrative of like, Hey, let's, let's change the way we're, sure. we're viewing the market right now.
2: Yep.
0: And early in the movie, um, In the brand story, they talk a lot about it's, like, athlete-driven, and then you guys sign certain athletes, and those graphics are athlete-driven, and the vision of, like, the product and that particular model is athlete-driven. Did you guys take that early kind of stuff, like you'd mentioned, and kind of bring it back to the root? Like, let's get back to that. When you shifted to, you know, hey, we're going to change the way the brand Mm -hmm. is perceived or or the direction of the brand, did did you incorporate a lot of athlete input into that?
3: 100%. And all it was was creating situations for everyone internally at ride to kick it with everyone who matters to the brand. I would like safely say that like all the team riders have some relationship with at the time Michael Chilton designing boards, Steph Grandi designing boots, Warren Oka and Dave Banks designing graphics, like a text relationship. And that is rare because sometimes they're like, okay, let's get our top professional on the line and see what they want to do for right. a graphic and right. let's set up a meeting and all this stuff. But really it comes at, in a casual setting mm-hmm. and having that relationship. So that's where it got as real as it did. Yeah. Um, and then at that same time, like, like just getting inspired by everyone else's kind of styles and be like, oh, someone doesn't want to do the graphic, but they have an artist in mind let's all get in touch with them together so there's like a group text with this artist it's so it's just, it always changes um and then you get someone like Jed Anderson who's like no I I've got this I'm gonna like design the board like that you know I'm super into and yeah. that's therefore like what we want to do so it's working with everyone's individual styles and and respecting the process yep. and the process is not easy or straight line it can derail and you might have to Grab some drinks.
0: Yeah.
4: (laughs) Well, even, like, I came out to visit when Tanner was starting at Ride, and I remember two things about it. It was, one, like, going into the office. This is before you guys moved to the downtown Seattle. And walking in, the first thing you see is just, like, a skate park, like a proper skate park in the middle of the warehouse. And everyone's skating in the middle of the day. And then, like, going into the offices, and it was kind of a little all over the place, and K2 had, like, cubes and was, like, very formal. And then you go into Ride, and it's just, like, a bar. And, like just stuff everywhere and couches and it was just like <laughs> this completely different environment and then going back to your house and you were living with like two writers a videographer like it was non-stop snowboarding yeah like going from the office to going home to everyone we went out with like it was just all business all the time but in a very non didn't feel like way. It. Yeah. it was really cool <laughs> no I, yeah
3: i mean it's like starting a business with your friends but we all got there like and it was the big, one of the bigger businesses. So you kind of have like that much more resource and then just trying to take advantage of it. Yeah. What else are you going to do? Like do exactly what the man says? No, like let's press it. And, um, that's inevitably. Yeah. I, I, I think that's how like you go and, and you, it gets pressed back sometimes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to reel it in, but yeah. Um, that, that relationship and communication is what it's all about.
0: Yeah. And so it's got to feel good when you, when your decisions are, are actually working. Does. Right. Yeah. So like, I mean, you said, all right, it's going to be three to four years to see any type of change. Yeah. And then you get to hand the keys to the kingdom. You guys don't fuck this up. Right. And now you're like, okay, well shit. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. How are we going to figure this out? When do you start to feel like that it's shifting to your direction positive? Like when do you feel like you're being validated yeah. for like, wow, we are taking this brand the right direction. This does feel good. Is it three seasons, yep. reps, numbers, trade show? Like, like how, What is that, What's that like?
3: Well, it's it starts by um someone like big jim blocking all that noise out so that you don't have to worry about it, mm-hmm. which was just magical. Like uh myself marketing and design and even product to some extent like really didn't have to think about numbers for a while. And then naturally I became more interested in it because I wanted to know like how we grow this business and like what are the necessary steps? And so then he like opens the curtain a little bit and shows me, okay, like these were the red and then this is where we went black. And then I was like, okay, sick. And Give me then, more, more. Yeah, quiet. yeah. <laughs> more. More. <laughs> I'm then, getting stronger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my powers. Uh, no, and then, um, I mean, when it's working, it just works. It's, it's kind of like in the movies too, right? Like it just starts working and everything feeds itself um, as long as you don't get ahead of yourself. But felt good. really good and and then you know especially to the reps you're you're like presenting this stuff in the first few years that sales meeting can be quiet and nerve-wracking and and there's some like again big gyms fielding calls it's like it's not working it's not working it's not working it's working yeah yeah (laughs) and then once it starts working it's really really fun
0: because change is scary i mean for everyone right but especially in our in the ski business like no one wants to change anything like, yeah. ever and so like when you do make such a dramatic change it's either gonna go one way or the other it's not gonna be like in the middle you know you're gonna you're gonna be fired or you're gonna be like validated um pretty much
3: I would say yeah you don't want to be in the middle I, no I'd you don't one of the others, right <laughs> you're gonna
0: go down with a ship or you're like gonna take over <laughs> yeah. take over the ocean so yeah. it it's, it's, it's cool to see yeah. you know obviously such a big change and you, you were there during that and that that's awesome man thanks has yeah. gotta feel it was, good
3: it was so fun it was so fun um and yeah it feels like a blur because that's like it was like Devin said, it was just nonstop. And and it was like at the time, just ridiculously hard work. But when you're doing, it's not about where you are, it's who you're with. And when you're like at the office, seven, eight, nine o'clock at night, like finishing something, but like it turns into dinner and it turns into like, Mm -hmm. we busted ass and it snowed. So let's take tomorrow off and go rip. Mm -hmm. And everyone on your team is down. Like, and then you got a leader who's like pushing for that you're like this is okay This
0: is sick well it's sick
1: that everyone's like on the same page in it i feel like maybe it's unique to to ride i'm sure there's other brands like this but a lot of them seem like it's more like everyone's off doing their own projects show up for work show up for work you check in here and there but like everyone's kind of scattered and like maybe rarely they're all together but it seemed like at least at that time with ride it was kind of like all in all hands on deck dude yeah like
3: yeah, it, it feels like really it. It's cool to think about think about it that way too, because it's just so true. And um, there was a point where we all gave it so much of it all that I, I don't think anyone could even hold a relationship <laughs> outside of the <laughs> building, here to, like because because that's the other thing. Like it takes time traveling, for instance. Um, it can be fun. It can be the biggest pain in the ass because you have so many other things you have to take care of. But when everyone is able to say drop everything and go on the trip. That's where it happens. Yeah. So that was the, the and and then again, having the leader be like, Yeah, everyone is invited. Like this is not just a trip for marketing. Anyone who can make it, be there. Mm-hmm. You might sleep on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. we'll save a seat in the cat. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh yeah, that was
0: that was super cool and magical. Um But that's where a lot of the magical ideas come from. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where a lot of, you know, relating to us that when we do stuff like that, that's where a lot of our, our next step ideas come from or yes. like where we're going to take the direction of the company or, or how that, that how the words even come out. <clears throat> they don't come out like when you're on the downstairs like doing your thing. They come out when you're doing something like that.
3: Sure. I mean, Devin says like like the hangs you guys do, the retreats, the off-site stuff, that like is so important from a sociological level, I feel like too, yeah. to, to really like, get to know people and, and respect where if they have an opinion, you can respect it more if you kind of have some backstory too. And mm-hmm. um, yeah,
1: it's, yeah. So much good stuff comes from the hang. I forget who we were talking to Eric. Maybe it was McBride, but when K2 was still on Vash on yeah, Island, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was good. I was going like, to say that that ferry ride to and from work, like everyone was on the same ferry together. And yep. like the amount of work that got done yeah. on that, like 25 minute ferry ride, just casual conversation was mm-hmm. like,
0: like the coffee in the morning, that's and then the beer on the ferry a, after work. Like that's when, like, they're like that's when everything happened.
3: Yeah. Or when the group missed the ferry and they have to go to the bar and wait for the next one. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Or like I <laughs> will just stay on the island, and like that's when all the that's the when the stuff was
3: firing. Then too, like, oh yeah, all the brands were just right. like I mean, on we, fire. We've too.
0: talked about that before. It would just be that it would be so cool if they if they would just build a ski on that island or a snowboard on that um, island. Dude. It's still there. Yeah. It's just empty. Yeah. The factories. It didn't take it down. Like, if they just said, like, oh, this series of ski or this series of board is built in America on Vashon Island, and they just charged, like, $150 more, people would buy it. You know, there's a security guard that still works there. Come on. One. There's, <laughs> there's one
3: like, a lighthouse guy. <laughs> straight up. I went out there one time just to see it, and because I, you know, heard the war, and there's, you know, photos in the office of it, but I'd never worked there. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, keep an eye out for the security guard. And sure enough, we just see this guy cruising around, just, like, in outfit and there's nothing to guard.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's nothing there. <laughs> and
3: we actually broke in. So
0: <laughs> so he's not actually secure he's actually never very secure. <laughs> Homie's chilling. It's like it's like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. <laughs> yeah. It's just chilling out there. I mean, it would be such a cool story for that brand to re- just to build something there. It I know they it would
1: they'd, be, cool. it'd be so cool. I mean, they never will, but I mean, the video opportunity that you could film like be sick. All dark and gloomy like open it and up and the lights <laughs> come back lights on, pop on. Yeah. yeah, it'd be sick. And then like it's like a it's like pan
0: to like a, a clean white hanger, you know? Yeah. And like this is what the inside looks like. It would be so cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, Jim, not that dark, but Jim,
3: don't don't mess this one up, man. They're giving you some good ideas.
0: <laughs> um, it would be awesome. Uh but you but you but before we I mean, we've already done an hour, which is crazy. But like but we had to talk about like what you're doing now, bro. Because like, oh. you don't work it right anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what's going on?
3: Um, yeah. So I mean, I was Well, I think, like we were saying, it was, like, the best times of my life. Um, And at the same time, I needed to create another uncomfortable situation because it got comfy. Yeah. Got, like, you know the cycle of the year, the graphics are (laughs) going to be due, our team got so efficient, and, like, so I just wanted to, like, see something new, feel something new, new city, and uh, take some skills but really keep learning. And so – Yeah, I basically left and started uh, my own little marketing agency Mm -hmm. called Formative Research. Sweet. Uh, My business partner, snowboarder as well, Joel Brinson, had been through all of the same brands like five years before me. Nice. So we met in Portland, never knowing each other, but literally shared the same Rolodex. He's an art director, so he was actually doing art direction for uh, the Travis Rice films, Art of Flight, Fourth Phase, and things of that nature. Mm So uber-talented dude. And we can take meetings at the mountain, which is pretty sick. It is sick. But yeah, we, um, uh, we've done work in all kind of different industries. So a little bit of hospitality stuff, a little bit of restaurant stuff. But we definitely find ourselves leaning back towards outdoor winter and just being surrounded by people that we can really, like, connect to. Yeah. And back to, like, doing business with people you care about. It makes it that much more fun. You get that much more creative and successful. So... The goal is to just keep expanding, keep meeting new people, keep doing more, and, and yeah, try and pop this agency off. And um, we're offering kind of, like, all sorts of different marketing kind of um, services, but um, I kind of tend to lean on the strategy and then digital marketing side of things, uh, like looking at an e-commerce brand. But he comes from, like, again, that creative side, so together we can kind of put together some pretty cool stuff for for different brands. And um, yeah, I want to keep doing that and uh, just gr- learning. Nice, man. Yeah. So, I mean,
0: what's that's got to be a, kind of a fun change for you going from like an in-house brand guy like yes. to like your own kind of yeah. deal.
3: Totally. And it may, like, I was always <laughs> the one on the other end of the stick, like, like asking for an agency's help or like negotiating on that right. end. So I feel like, yeah, I, I know a lot of the pain points that come from in-house. So when I go you know, speak with a client. I'm like, all right. I know well, you're like talking for. to yourself in literally sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and so we can work through it together. And I feel like that way we offer more of a full service uh, role instead of just being like, here's your deliverable piece. It's like, no, like let's help you implement that deliverable. Let's make sure it like pops for the brand and, and you see some returns. So, um, and yeah, I, and, and then doing it with people you care about again, like that is just so important yeah. in products you care about. Um, and that makes up brands, people, and products. So, yeah, it's been super fun. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's going to get even better.
0: Awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, do, do you work with Ride at all on that stuff or a little so bit? So
3: after, like at the very end of the movie um, was just kind of, because I basically, the one of the last contracts I signed at Ride was the movie contract with uh, Homestead. So getting T-Bird and John Cavan going. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end of it, you know, we did that in uh, fall of 2020 and it came out this year or this past fall. Yeah. So it took a while. It's funny because we were like mapped, scheduled the whole thing out. We're like, this is going to be great. And then boom, COVID. So as you know, like those guys couldn't interview anyone for basically like the first year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause we want to do it in person. So at the very end, yeah, it came in to like um, kind of just help on the side uh, with, with that. But, I mean, again, rides my family, and as long as those people are there, I'm fielding calls. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Big Jim panics; he gives me a shout. <laughs> yeah, definitely, um, and then yeah, the riders are like my people,
0: too, right? So it just well, it's just so much time together, an experience, yeah. life experience that you guys shared,
3: and it's, I it's bound to come back full circle, right? Like, mm-hmm. like the way that we've like Devin and I were were like cr- couch surfing each other's houses, and now like. Cause she was a rep on the road and I was kind of like traveling as well through new England. And now we're back here. Like what's going to happen in 10 more years.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true.
3: Yeah. But yeah,
0: well dude, good times rolling. Let's keep it rolling. (laughs) I appreciate you coming and doing this, man.
3: Thank you. This was super fun. This is great. You guys got a cool setup here.
0: It's pretty sweet, right? Yeah. It's so fun. And I thought we were going to be in like in, in the dope room, but we're in the pod room. I was kind of rolling off the red carpet for you today, dude, but Garrett <laughs> fucked it up. So,
3: once we get that new Roadcaster,
2: I mean,
1: we'll trade in the easy bake and we'll get we'll get the real oven. Pro one. I need a real oven. Yeah. I'm actually responsible for all that. We bump some timelines
3: up, get that thing built. Well, be
0: uh, well I'm glad that. That you that you dev could be here too because yeah, I it, almost blew it. <laughs> you almost blew it with your with your with your COVID. Yep. <laughs> with yeah, the itis I Almost
4: ruined Dad's birthday. Man, this is gonna be a tough <laughs> week.
0: But so w- what are you doing? You guys are going to Loon right now?
3: We're gonna go no Sunday. Sunday for sure. Yeah. Nice. Um, not sure what we're doing the rest of the day. Actually, one of the old designers at Ride uh, lives in Amesbury. I'm gonna go say what up to him. Oh, nice. Yeah.
0: Sweet. And, um, yeah. Just chill. When was the last time you were here? Wedding.
3: This past summer, I okay. came back and got married here.
0: Got it. Yep. I wasn't sure it was longer. Yeah. Wedding yeah. part
3: one. Before that though, we had a stint. where like two years. I feel like it was yeah. hard to get back, but I try and go back at least once a year, if not twice. And now definitely cruise through here and say what up.
0: Nice. Not All, not right, All right, bro. <laughs> Dev, Neil. Thanks, guys. And Tanner, thanks, bro. This is awesome.
3: Appreciate you guys. Awesome.
0: Peace, yo.